Hootie hoo, everyone. This is the Raptor Den. Uh, this is a new show that I'm going to be doing where I just come and talk to you and try to entertain you for a few minutes. Uh, I don't know how this is going to slot in exactly going forward, but, um, you know, the thing says I can do up to 30 minutes. I don't think we're going to get that high. But we're just trying to give you more content and more things to enjoy with our our network here. So, the obvious elephant in the room, this is being recorded on 6-3. We, um, we're in a dark time right now. Um, here, here's what I would like to say. We... We have a history as humans of bouncing back from dark times. We have a history as humans of when things get a little rough, when things start going haywire, we find answers and solutions to fix those problems. I don't know what the answer is. Well, I, I don't know what a, a good answer is for we live in a country that has a very, a varied population, different cultures, different ethnicities, different religions, different isms that make us feel separate. And there's a distinct lack of humanity in our culture and I think that's where we need to start and I believe I believe that racial um, relations I guess in America were getting better for a long time which does not mean that they were even good or great but they were they were improving And if you're a Republican, you're going to start saying, well, Obama, Obama, Obama. If you're a Democrat, I don't know, do you start with Bush or do you start with Trump? I don't know. Trump seems to be the current boogeyman, but I don't think that that's actually the problem. I think our presidents are symptoms of a larger problem. And I believe that is humanity's inability to adapt to technology. Our brains are not evolving as fast as the technology that connects us together. And so we have a generation of people, I mean, two at this point, really, that don't remember neighborhood barbecues. Um, many have never been to a county fair. Many don't have the same memories of community growing up that some of us had. And I do really believe that our our ability to meet people from around the world but not truly connect with them is where a lot of this is coming from.
because I can go on the internet right now and find a political article and find a comment from someone of another ethnicity in another country that I'm going to completely disagree with. And I'm going to disagree so strongly that I have to leave a comment on their comment to tell them why they're wrong. And then we're going to fight. And then we're both going to walk away from that exchange with that little voice in the back of our head, because this is a human thing, saying they must all be like that. This was an unpleasant experience. I don't want to experience it again. Ha ha. I will. But I don't want to experience this again. So anyone that seems to me to be like this person, I should avoid. This is a survival instinct that we have. I'm not... I really hope I'm not breaking new ground here for anyone. Like, we should all know this on some level. Maybe you haven't thought about it. Um, I'm a nerd. This is the kind of thing that I get off to. But this is... um, This is well known that, you know, you have a reaction to a person and it starts to paint the picture of other people who look and sound like that person. Uh, I work in a call center. I have to be very careful of this mentality because if I am dealing with someone of another ethnicity and look, you can tell Uh, voice structures between different ethnic groups are different, especially when those people were not, were raised in the culture of their own ethnic group, because then you're going to have accents and it's going to be very apparent. So if I have a, let's say, for example, I take a call from, Uh, the South of the U S and it's, I'm just going to make it someone who's like me as much as possible so that I I can really get this point across without people taking it the wrong way. Let's say the whitest, you know, redhead freckled, how you doing y'all? You know, that person calls me and I have a bad experience dealing with them. The next time I get a person who sounds like that, I am, instantly going to have that flashback and I'm going to brace myself. And if that call goes badly as well, I'm going to start developing a pattern to the point where uh, weeks from now, if this pattern continues and in a call center, it's going to continue because most of our calls aren't really all that pleasant. You don't call a call center unless you have a problem. Um, if, if I've started to develop a pattern, every time I hear that voice, I'm going to start thinking less of those people. Now, because I'm aware of this phenomenon, it's, I can fight that. Um, you know, when I have bad calls, I can, I can stop and say, okay, this is not indicative of everyone who sounds or looks or talks like this. You know, it's not the entirety of, you know, white Southerners in America. Um, But most people don't think about this. And 
if you don't understand that this is happening to you, it's going to happen. There's, they're like, to, to be able to fight this mentality, you have to at least be aware of it. And this is ingrained in humanity. And it's a, it's a survival response. Um, you know, if, 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 you know, 20,000 years ago, um, you are from X tribe and you see someone from Y tribe and they throw a spear at you, then the next time you deal with someone from Y tribe, if you're, if you're not dead, you're going to be much more careful because it's smart and it makes, it makes sense for you to try to stay alive. Now we're, we might be beyond that in, in many respects, but our brains have not evolved beyond that yet. And the likelihood that they will anytime soon is very low. That's not how evolution works. So how do we, how do we combat that problem? And, and to be honest, this is, this is, is what is feeding into the racial tensions in America, because think about it, it, you know, if we're going to discuss police brutality and things like that, if you are black, all you see are cops and videos shooting, shooting black people in the back as they run away, um, choking them out in the street for selling cigarettes, uh, choking them out with their knee to uh, when you're suspected of forgery on a $20 bill. Like, are you fucking serious? I can't imagine first off having so little to do as a police officer in Minneapolis, which is a big city. Like it's not New York, but it's certainly bigger than Omaha and our cops are busy, but you have nothing better to do then pick someone up for a 20? Like, come on, man. But that aside, let's say you're black and you've had all of, you've seen all of these encounters. It's now in the back of your mind that cop equals danger. Whether that's true or not, I'm not even going to comment on the, the, tr the truth of that. I don't know. The numbers uh, definitely bear out that um, black people have more run-ins with the police. Now the other side is going to say, well, they commit more crimes. They get caught for more crimes. Um, I could go really deep into criminal justice and how, how prosecutors decide who to charge, how cops decide who to arrest. Ultimately, what I would say is this. The system is designed to take easy victories, and the easiest victories are against people who are too poor to afford a good lawyer, and people who are too poor to afford a good lawyer are disproportionately black. Those are simply the demographics in our country. You cannot deny that. I mean, you can, I guess. You would be stupid. 
but you could, I suppose. But that's the situation. You can say, well, that means it's not racism. Okay, then it's classism. And is that really any better? Especially when our classes are largely defined by race in our country. And look, like I'm white saying this. Um, I'm actually, no, I'm not going to say that. I am not white. I am Scottish. And if you understand Scottish history, you'll know why we're not white. Um, in the sense that Europeans don't claim us until pretty recently. Um, and we've always been a minority, even in our own country, as the British were going through raping our women and taking all of our stuff. So we exemplified that, you know, the underclass that is a different race from the uh, ruling class. So it is racial it is class. It's those two things are not mutually exclusive and often are tied together. Historically speaking, um, the ruling class, the you know, people of the same race as the ruling class tend to have less issues with the enforcers of the ruling class. That's, I, I mean, I don't think I'm making any groundbreaking realizations here. I, I'm fairly certain we should all understand this. So if you're black, you now have a legitimate fear of the enforcers of the ruling class. In order to be an enforcer of the ruling class in this day and age, you have to inoculate yourself, inoculate, sorry, inoculate yourself against a certain amount of reason. If you're a libertarian, you'll often hear people say things like, you know, there's no good cops because all cops enforce bad laws. And even if a cop is a good person, they're still a bad cop because they're enforcing laws that are bad. Um, I, I think there's a logic there. Uh, I do want to point out that um, being a good cop and being a good person are, do not go hand in hand. Um, necessarily, sorry. Uh, it's not like they can't. They should. But you can be a good cop and a bad person and a bad cop and a good person. Um, definitely you can be a bad cop and a bad person. We're seeing plenty of that. And, and it comes down to, again, I've said this a million times. We have a system where we have way more cops than there are people who are qualified and capable of doing that job. To be a police officer and to do it well and to do it correctly is honestly the hardest job I can think of. And I was in the military, so I have had one of the other hardest jobs I can think of. So, I mean, realistically, at this point, jobs that are also that hard are like air traffic controller. That's a pretty hard job. Uh, th therapist. I know that sounds easy, but I wouldn't want to do that job. 
uh, maybe if you're not an empath, um, and I don't think I am, but maybe if you're not, if you don't have as, as good of like a human empathy where that can all affect you, but I guess you, you kind of have to still be empathetic in order to be good at that. So yeah, therapist is a, is a tough job in my opinion. I couldn't do it again, having done one of those other tough jobs in my life. Um, so you have a police department that has a, at least half of their staff are not qualified to do this job. It's, it is what it is. You can't really deny that. Like if you're going to sit here and say cops have the hardest job, you have to then acknowledge. Yeah. And there's so many of them that there can't possibly be that many good cops. So you now have these men and women who are doing a job that they are not capable of. And deep down, they know they're not capable of it. And that is going to feed into an inferiority complex that we already <laughs> accuse the police of having to begin with uh, because of you know, the, the stereotype of, you know, you're the high school quarterback that, um, couldn't get another job. So you took the Academy and, and became a cop. So you can still be a big shot. You know, that, that, um, is a stereotype. And if we're not going to stereotype people based on their race, we probably shouldn't stereotype cops that way. But we should also recognize that stereotypes come about because of actions taken by people in a community. And it's definitely not fair to paint an entire community that way. But again, going back to that survival instinct that humans have, um, that's where it comes from. You know, we live, we lived based on our ability to recognize and avoid threats. And sometimes that meant avoiding things that weren't really threats, but, but in our experience had a higher likelihood of being threats. You know, the tribe downriver, the, um, the family that was plotting for control of, you know, the tribe that you were a part of, you know, those, those are threats that you learn to recognize and avoid to stay alive and procreate into the next generation. And we're still, you know, our, our minds still work that way. So we're here. We have a police force that, you know, after years and years of working in low income communities where crime is higher, they're, they're seeing that the criminals are a certain race because that race is who lives in that community. Um, is it right that they become racist? Hell no. But we need to understand where this comes from so that we can combat it. Honestly, the members of a police force in a given community need to come from that community. And immediately you're going to get, I already know the conservative argument, you're going to have these people coming in uh, who aren't qualified and we're going to give them jobs and they're going to suck at it. Dude, that's happening now. So what changes other than the skin color and culture of the police officer, which will then hopefully 
um, de-escalate some of those racial tensions because you're going to be the same race and the same culture. And you're going to understand the people that you're policing. <clears throat> the other side of this is obviously get rid of the drug war so that we don't need nearly as many cops uh, with victimless crimes. When we talk about victimless crimes all the time as libertarians, but we, uh, like we really need to hammer that home. That's where these problems start. We have too many cops because of these victimless, victimless crime laws. If we went to a justice system that only prosecuted crimes with real victims, we could do with about half as many cops or less and have a more effective police force where we wouldn't have cities that have hundreds of thousands of rape kits that haven't been taken care of and dozens of murders that haven't been solved because the cops were all too busy busting someone for pot or busting a prostitute for being a prostitute. Like sex work is work. You know, we, we talk about that too. I obviously um, human trafficking is different. Not all sex workers are human trafficked. Uh, I don't know what the numbers are on that. I don't know if anyone really knows. What I'm going to say is anyone who is willingly, no, back up, any adult who is willingly selling their body, that's okay, as long as all parties are consensual and of age. So, um this is kind of my thoughts here. I think we really need to examine the thought process and, and the, not even the thought process, the subconscious process that leads us into these scenarios because we can, we can decry racism all we want, but until we really understand it, we're not going to be able to win. And I want to see less people dying in the streets. I would like that number to be zero, please. So, you know, keep your, keep, keep sharp out there. Um, if you like this, please share it around. Uh, give us a follow on Anchor or whatever podcast platform you may have heard this on. Um, check out Caleb's next episode of Deepish Thoughts. It'll probably be coming out Thursday or Friday. Um, yeah. Maybe give us a, a subscription on Anchor for 99 cents a month. Uh, we're going to be doing some special AMAs and, and such for people who are subscribers. Um, if you like us, if you follow, do that on Anchor, follow us on Facebook and send us a message and we will get you into our subscribers group once we can you know, verify uh, that you're, you're this person who's donating this, you know, the, the 99 cents. So uh, we'll see y'all. Hopefully I, sh I should keep doing this. I really like this, this idea. Nice 20-minute little, little blurb here. So everyone stay safe, and we'll see you next time.